Grace and peace to you. I pray you are well. I've got a topic today that I'm going to um, share with you that I'm just going to give you a disclaimer. It's a deep one, okay? And it may take me a little bit to get through it because for what the Lord has revealed to me, um, I need to I really need to kind of take my time and roll through it. I need to also provide you with scriptural references so that you can go back and um, and look at this for yourself. This is very heavy. I'm going to tell you um, I'm, I'm naming this topic starved for knowledge, starved for knowledge. It was birthed out of because you guys know I'm, I'm always going to bring something that God inspires and impresses upon my heart. But I was watching a news t- uh, cast and it was talking about a certain um, uh, culture of people, okay, how their um, women have been denied from seeking educate or obtaining education. Um, I won't go into a lot of details because I don't want to get lost in that. But as I was watching the news and I was looking at the people who were protesting and advocates and, and the civil rights um, persons who were speaking up for those who were less fortunate for this vulnerable population, the Holy Spirit began to really reveal this topic to me. And he started talking to me about how the, it is the enemy's job to, and we know the scripture says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to steal knowledge. Even Jesus talked about the um, when the seed is sown, right? How the fowler comes to devour that seed before it has time to take root and grow. What I want to share with you, people of God, um, I really want you to I really want you to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying, because I feel that for much of what the body of Christ has not experienced in God. And for what much of the body of Christ has not experienced in their personal lives is a result of being starved for knowledge. Now, we can go one or two places with this. We can say that we may have been intentionally um, ignorant or we choose. Some people choose not to know. Right. Because I often say with and even in Ecclesiastes, the more wisdom, the more sorrow. So there is a burden of knowledge. Sometimes in my line of work, <clears throat> I'm made aware of certain things and now I feel responsible. Right. If you're a mandated reporter, some of you know what I'm talking about. When certain pieces of information are revealed to you, now you're burdened with that and you have a responsibility um, over what you've heard. Right. So so there are some people and there and I'll just be honest with you, as I always am. There are some conversations I walk away from, you know, not that I'm offended, but it's because there is some knowledge that's about to be released that I don't want to be responsible for. I have a, a colleague of mine. He's one of my work mentors. I've got several. Thank God. I've got several strong work mentors that keep me in line. And I was having a conversation in my office a couple of weeks ago. And another staff member was just talking about some things that was upsetting. And my mentor said, oh, I don't want to hear it. And he walked out because he realized that if he had been if he had remained a part of that conversation, then he would have been burdened or responsible for what he heard. So there are times when (laughs) when certain messages are being released or certain topics, there are people who will intentionally avoid it. 
because they don't want to know. I don't want to hear it. I don't, you know, I don't want to subscribe to it. I don't want to be responsible for knowing that truth. Because for everything God reveals to us, we are responsible for. We have to steward what we've learned. And so there are some people, and I've seen this even years ago in my own church. I would bring in certain speakers that have a strong grace, right, in certain areas. And I would notice they would never come. They And this years ago now. But they would never come to those types of services. Now, any other service, they're there and they're doing their thing. But if I'm bringing in a certain speaker to deal with a certain topic, and I know as their shepherd, that's something they need. They, I, I can count it on both hands. They will get missing because there are people who choose to remain ignorant because they don't want to be responsible for what they've heard. So that's one set of people. But now I'm talking about the set of people whom the enemy has targeted you to keep you ignorant in certain areas of your life so that he can dominate that. If you remember, and I wrote a book, and I'm going to talk more about my books because I've written several books and I don't even talk about them much. But anyway, there's a book I wrote. It's called Let There Be Light. And I talked about the first prophetic act that the father um, engaged in was separating light from dark, right? Calling the earth out from under the void, the darkness. And it's the enemy's job to keep us submerged. Like the earth was submerged underwater, water covered the first face of the deep. You got to get that book because I, I go into a lot of depth in that. It's on Amazon. It's called Let There Be Light. And it, it, the, the, the when God came through, before he established anything, he dealt with the darkness, and he brought earth to light right out of her dark hidden place. This is a tactic of the enemy, people of God, that the it, that the enemy has used to keep many of us always inclusive of myself below our privileges as kings and priests and as children of the most high God, because you cannot operate in that which you have not been made aware of. You can't even step into a realm or a dimension that you don't even know exists. I can give you so many biblical references. I'll give you one. I talk about this a lot. Elisha had a prophet who was bound by fear. He saw the enemy coming against him, chariots and kings um, coming against him, and he was afraid. And Elisha said, Lord, open my servant's eyes and let him see that there be more with us than against us. And I'm paraphrasing that. And at that very moment, Elisha, because he had that prophetic grace, that's a whole nother topic. He was able to activate his servant into the realm of the seer. And immediately God unlocked his vision and allowed him to see. Now, just let's just say that Elisha did not have the capacity to unlock this man's gift. Do you see what I'm saying? There are, and, and let me just disclaimer, I, I don't beat up against pastors or leaders because that that's not what God calls me to do. If I can't help you, I'm not going to hurt you. If I can't be a blessing, I won't be a burden. But in this particular topic, I feel like there are certain things I need to bring to light, okay? And I'm not against any pastor, any shepherd. I'm not a perfect leader. And I'm going into 20 years of ministry, have made plenty of mistakes, still am. Sure, I'm certain I will continue because I'm human and I'm flawed. Thank God for Jesus' grace. However, there are some who are wolves in sheep's clothing. And the, the enemy's job in using these types of folks, okay, is to keep you intentionally ignorant so that you can never operate in your full potential. So you can never tap into what God has for you so that you can never experience the greater life that Jesus said belongs to you so that you will continue to function, 
subpar, below your your privileges, below your authority. Uh, 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 these people are used, these leaders are used by the enemy to keep the people of God ignorant. Now, again, I'm, I'm going to tread lightly because this is deep, but it's, it's, so, it's on the heart of God today because it's burdening my heart. Praise God. I'm going to release it so I can enjoy my day. <laughs> but I grew up, I came along in several church circles. Um, my mother was Baptist. My dad was Pentecostal holiness. Okay, so I've, I've got all of that. <laughs> um, but I've noticed in the Pentecostal church, um, there was a, and, and I, this is not every Pentecostal church. I can only talk about my experience, okay? I love the Pentecostal folks. I still have Pentecostal roots. If you ever listen to some of our worship services, you'll hear some of it come out because that's my that's our root. That's where we came from, okay? Um, so, but one of the things that I... I've reflected on as I'm now older and mature and, and things like that. I noticed that we place a lot of emphasis on the emotionalism, the shouting, the pray, the, well, you're supposed to praise, but the shouting and the, the music and the, the vamp and, you know, the, it was very charismatic. Again, I love Pentecostal. That's a part, that's a part of my core. I won't curse where I came from, but what I will say that there were times that I can recall that there was not a word released. That we just shouted, 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 shouted. And we had a wonderful time. Let me tell you, it felt good. I love those memories. But as I look back, I realize there were times we just shouted, shouted, shouted. And there was never a word that brought illumination, that brought um, direction, that gave guidance. Now, that wasn't always the case. My father is an apostle, and I love to hear him minister. I love to hear it. As a matter of fact, I pattern a lot of my life, ministry life, after my dad. However, I do know that there were times we did not get a word. And the word of God says that uh, the Lord, the God's word is forever settled, right? Um, you know, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. There has to be that word. All right. And again, that's not judgment against that. It's just an observation and a reflection. But I will say now. As a leader, I have visited and I have been aware of things I have personally observed where there are some gatherings that consist 95% of shouting, running, having a wonderful, ecstatic time. I love to praise the Lord. I'm not against that. I birth musicians. We love to get our praise on. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is we cannot, we cannot, uh, uh, um, orchestrate our gatherings around the hype and leave people ignorant of the word. Because after the shout, after the pick them up, put them down, <clears throat> after we've run around and lost hair pieces and, and, and you know, <laughs> tore up the church, you have to go home and live. You've got to face your family. You've got to face your work people. You've got to face a society. And you need the word of God to be able to stand. When Jesus encountered the enemy in the wilderness, he said, it is written. You've got to have the word of God to defend, to stand, and to declare what God is doing in your life and to be able to know when something is happening in your life that is, praise God, uh, misaligned. 
You have to know there are certain things, there are certain dreams, there are certain experiences I have that I can immediately contend against because I can declare this is not the word of the Lord. You have no authority to operate here. But if you don't know that, you'll accept sickness, you'll accept defeat, you'll accept poverty, you'll accept a uh, 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 mind battle, you will accept it as your norm because you've never been taught otherwise. Let me give you some scripture. The word of God says in Hosea chapter four, verse six, my people are destroyed. God said his people. We're not talking about those of the world. God's people are destroyed. What can destroy a child of God? Ignorance. Ignorance is your arch enemy. To be ignorant, I feel God. To be ignorant, to be ignorant of the word of God concerning any situation in your life gives the enemy a legal foothold and ground to operate. To be ignorant concerning finances, to be ignorant concerning health, to be ignorant concerning human relationships, to be ignorant concerning your destiny, to be ignorant concerning the will of God, to be ignorant concerning your purpose and your assignment gives the enemy a legal right to attack you. Not only that, it gives the enemy a legal right to draw to listen, to continue to attract people to your life, to keep you ignorant. What does the word of God say about the man who was uh, delivered from from demons? And the Bible gives us a warning how we are to keep our house clean and keep it garnished. He said, for if the enemy returns, he brings in seven more unclean spirits than himself. Therefore, when there are doors open in your life, portals, gates, dimensions are open, spiritual places open, which ignorance is a open door. Other unclean spirits that are stronger than the spirit who opened the door will come in to keep you bound. To make sure you never rise up out of that place of obscurity. You never rise up out of that low place so that you can continue to live a defeated life as a believer. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And then the Lord goes in because he's dealing with some things, some rebellion of Israel. But I wanted to pull that piece out. My people are destroyed or they perish. People are dying because of ignorance. And for some of what we see happening, and let me give you what Jeremiah three fifteen says. For some of the reason why, some of the reasons why people are dying is because they have shepherds who refuse to feed them with knowledge. They have shepherds who want to keep the offering pans full. Let me tell you something. I thank God for making a way for me. Let me just say that any member of my church, current or former, can tell you I have never been one to harass people for money. And you, you, you all know you have rarely ever, I may say cash app, sow a seed, and, and, and I do that here or there, praise God, and glory to God for those who gave, and praise God for those who don't. But you have, no one can tell you I've ever harassed and heckled people for money. Because I don't ever want anybody to think that they can buy my message. You can't, listen, I am not, you will not prostitute me, <laughs> praise God. Your dollar will not dominate the gifts of God in my life. I will work. I will trust God. I will, I will praise God. I will submit to whatever business venture God has at my hand at that time. But I will never beg a man for a dollar because I will never give anyone the power over me 
to dictate what I'm going to say, what I'm going to preach, who I ordain or who the devil is a liar. But there are shepherds who are controlled by the almighty dollar. I've seen it and I know it to be true. They are controlled. They will preach a word that will tickle folk and they will shout and they will throw dollars at the altar and they'll buy a pastor Mercedes. Thank God I buy my own, bought my own BMW. Praise God. Bought my own car. Hallelujah. Because I will never give man that power over me. All glory belongs to God. Right. But there are there are wolves in sheep's clothing that are fleecing the sheep. And they're telling you what they want you to know. You know how the Bible says, and it shall heat to themselves teachers having itching ears. These are the folks that I was talking about earlier that want to remain ignorant. They don't want to know certain truths because they don't want to be held accountable for that. But then there are also wolves in sheep's clothing. False shepherds. The Bible, Jesus called they heat Jesus or Paul called them dogs, right? That are intentionally out here sabotaging people's destinies by withholding knowledge. Listen to what Jeremiah said in 315. God said through the prophet, I will give you pastors according to my heart. My heart. What do we do? We choose who we want to lead us based upon whatever, (laughs) whatever's trending at the time. We choose our pastors. We do not ask God, who, Lord, who do you want me? Who, who have you called to lead me? Who am I called to serve? Who am I called? We don't ask God those questions. We go where we want to go. And then we wonder why we have spirits, demonic spirits that are dominating certain areas of our lives. You don't get to do this thing called salvation your way and get what God has for you. It doesn't work like that. Either you're going to do it God's way or you're not. There's no you either hot or cold. Right. So this is the word of God. And I, w- I will give you pastors. I will give you pastors according to my heart or some versions say I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Shepherds after God's own heart that won't fleece their sheep. They won't abandon their sheep. They won't abuse their sheep. Right. He says, and who will feed you with knowledge and understanding? Any shepherd after God's own heart, any leader, any pastor after God's own heart will feed you the word of God, will feed you with knowledge and feed you with understanding. They're not going to ask you, well, what do you want to talk about? What do you what there? Listen, I'm sure they're concerned, but their ultimate obligation is to release what thus said the Lord. Whether it gets a good hand clap or not, whether it gets a good offering or not. Whether it clears the church or fills it up, is that that's irrelevant. Their assignment, the assignment of a true shepherd, is to give you what God said to, that you need. And each of us needs certain aspects of knowledge. If you come from a highly demonized family, you need a pastor who is well-versed in warfare, who is well-versed in tearing down strongholds. If you have a, a background or you come from a highly sexual, immoral uh, 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 generation or, or experience, you need some. you need a pastor with that knowledge. You need a pastor with the knowledge of the dark, with the knowledge that can unlock and illuminate the dark areas of your life. You need a pastor who has understanding for the areas you don't have understanding in. 
And this is where the rubber hits the road. This is why the body of Christ is in such a, a state. I'm just going to say a state because that's God. That's Jesus bride. I'm careful how I touch his bride. But that's why the church, the corporate church is in the state that she's in right now, because people are running to and fro flocking under what they want, not what they need. And they're shouting and they're looking good in church and their home life is a hot mess. Career life is a hot mess. Uh, health is a hot mess. Relationships. Uh, why? Because you don't you are perishing. You're perishing. Because you don't have knowledge. The enemy has uh, an advantage of those areas in your life. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy and, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy the Holy One, some version says holy, is insightful or it brings insight or it brings understanding. So when we say starved for knowledge, I marvel. We, we know every new shoe that comes out. We know every iPhone. We know how to all the, the little gimmicks and tricks about them. We know the movies. We know lyrics to every song. We know every dance. We know how to TikTok. We know how to YouTube. We know how to Instagram. We know how to do all of these things that don't benefit your eternal life at all. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has nothing to do with your destiny. It has nothing to do with breaking generational things off your children. But it has everything to do with appeasing this flesh and making you feel good. And you are yet abiding in darkness. I say this to you in love. You are yet abiding in darkness. There are still demons governing areas of your life. And you have prayed and you have fasted and you have tried everything except submitting to the process and the governorship of knowledge and understanding. Because with that knowledge now comes accountability. You actually have to do what God said to get what God has. And for many of God's people, that's just, oh, yeah, it is take too much. I ain't trying to do all of that. And you don't have to. You don't have to. But you can't. You also can't expect open heavens. We talked about that. You can't expect open heavens when you don't have access to that. It takes a leader. It takes a shepherd who will give you knowledge, understanding, who will help you understand why this is happening to you, who will help you understand what it takes to get free from that, who will help you understand how God feels about this, who will help you understand what God is doing in this season, who will help you understand what's coming in the next season, who will help you understand how to, how to defend, how to stand your ground and fight. It takes a shepherd after God's own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Whether you sow unto them or not, whether you tithe or not, whether you give an offering or not, whether you come or not, that's their responsibility is to do the work and their accountability is to the God who sent them. What you do with what you've been told is between you and God. Once a teacher releases to you what's in her lesson plan, in his lesson plan, then the burden down is on the student. It's on the student. And then when you take the test, that teacher, if it was a good teacher, equipped you with everything you needed. Now you have to take that test by yourself. 
They're not going to stand and hold your hand. And this is what we see people. I've known people who will get upset with you when you don't hold their hand and walk them through a test and walk them through a trial. Now, granted, there are times when the Bible said, let the um, strong bear the infirmities of the weak. We know that. Praise God. There are times when, yes, God will say, hold the person's hands up, help them, pray them through. Yes. But then there are also more times when God said, I need you to stand on your own two feet. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord that I will show you this day. Be not weary and well doing. There are times when God holds you accountable. But because we don't have the knowledge and the understanding, then we become offended. Oh, they didn't call me. They didn't check on me. They didn't. You know what I'm saying? And God is saying they gave you everything you needed. When you see soldiers going to war, you don't see the president walking onto the battlefield. They equipped you. They made sure that you received everything you needed so that when, the, when, the, when there was a time of war, wartime, you've got what it takes to be successful. But if you don't know, the enemy will, he will dominate those ignorant areas and now you're offended and you're hurt and you're wounded. And guess what else you're doing? You're opening other doors for spirits of offense to come in, spirits of of. of Orphan spirits, bastard spirits, all types of things, people of God. So I'm going to let you go with this. Yes, it was kind of heavy. I knew that going into it. I sort of gave you a disclaimer, but I'm talking about being starved for knowledge. The enemy wants us to dwell in knowledge, in, excuse me, in ignorance so that he can dominate those areas. So that he can govern and legislate from those dark areas. But the devil is a liar. Let today be the day of your salvation where you say, you know what, God, my feet have wandered from the path of righteousness. I allowed my flesh, I allowed my own soulish desires to 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 drive me out of your will, to drive me out of this place in alignment. And I see now what the woman of God is talking about. There are areas in my life. Yes, the enemy does have a stronghold and I prayed and nothing's happening because he has a legal right to be there, because as long as I'm ignorant in that area. I will never learn how to overcome. I will never receive the equipment and the impartation. I will never learn how to teach how my hands are taught to fight. My fingers taught to fight my hands to do war. I will never learn that because I have never submitted to that. I have submitted to what makes me feel good. I have submitted to what makes me run and shout and have a praise break. And that's wonderful. But I have not submitted to the word of God. That is able to destroy the yokes through the anointing. I have not submitted to messages that I know my soul needs. And as a result, the enemy has dominated. The fowler has taken seed from my life. Ezekiel 34, 23. I will appoint over them one shepherd. Nowadays, folks have five, six, seven Paul said it like this. He said, though you have many teachers, you have one father. And nowadays we're a society. If I don't like what you said, I'm gone. If I don't like what you did, I'm gone. If you don't give me this title, I'm gone. If you don't give me this space, I'm gone. And then we wonder why we see the fruit of lawlessness. And that's what it is, lawlessness. We see the fruit of lawlessness harvesting in our life. And you're praying, but God can't hear that prayer. He said, because if we regard iniquity, he will not hear us. And so now many of us have stopped praying because we're saying God doesn't hear us and we're mad at God. But the truth of the matter, a true shepherd will tell you, son, daughter, the reason why God is not hearing your prayers 
The reason why heaven has blocked your prayers is because your heart is unclean before the Father. Your hands are dirty. And God is saying today, today, come clean. Come clean so that I can receive you to myself. Come clean and submit so that I can show you the way of salvation. So that I can give you victory that has been appointed for you. One last scripture. This is Ezekiel 34 verse 2. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and tell them this is what the Lord says. Listen, woe to the shepherds of Israel who only feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed their flock? Every shepherd, pastor, leader, senior, whomever, has a responsibility before God to feed the people. Many shepherds are feeding themselves. They're only looking out for number one and could care less about how you are faring in the things of God. Are you growing? Are you maturing? Are you developing? Are you activating? Are you using your gifts? No, as long as you serve them, they're fine. As long as you keep their bellies full, they're fine. As long as their pockets are full, they're fine. Those are not the shepherds of the Lord. And God has set his face against those shepherds. Hirelings, the Bible calls them. So may the Lord cover you with his wisdom. May he draw you into a place of illumination and enlightenment and a place of truth, even if it's a painful place of truth. May he draw you in so that you don't live this life of faith in ignorance. So that you don't live this life of faith below your privileges. I want to say this and I'm going to let you go. The, Jesus talked about a man, a father with two sons. One son wandered away. He said, give me my possessions. I'm ready to go. And he went. And you know what? For a while, he was able to operate under the unction of his father's provisions. But after a season, it all dried up and he ended up joining himself. I want you to go back and read that. And what happened as a result? This man ended up in poverty, in hunger, because he had no shepherd, he had no father. And what did he say? The Bible said he came to himself. And he remembered all the things he had in his father's house. And he said, let me go back to my father's house. The Lord is calling you back to his house. Wherever that is, he's calling you back. God bless you.